entrance of God's word gives understanding unto the simple. So open your heart and you'll receive insight. Welcome to Beloved City, a place you can call home, a place where you can experience the practicality of God's word. Be diligent to present yourself to prove unto God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So sit tight, get your Bible and prepare to take notes as you tune into today's message. God bless you as you listen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for everyone online tonight. I appreciate your word that has been coming to us consistently. How you've been ministering to us, shedding light and giving light to us in all things. Thank you for the constant revelation of truth without distortion. I pray that as we go into your word, deliverances take place, life celebrated, healing take place, direction is given. And Satan is bruised completely in Jesus' precious name. We are prayed. Amen. All right, you're welcome again. My name is Dami Dada, the lead pastor of Velocity. Um, um, how was your day? How was work? You can just make use of the Mixler chat to respond. How was work? For those that are working, for those that are students, um, that, that have resumed, that are not probably under the ASU strike. How was school? And those that are self-employed at home. Or remote work, how was your work? Also, I trust everything was fine. Please, you can reply using the Mixler chat and just to connect and know that we are together on the same page. All right, so, all right, so while we are doing that, let's open our Bible to the book of Hebrews. To the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. Okay, Hebrews, very fast. Hebrews, make sure you grab your notepad and your Bible because you're going to be opening a lot of scriptures. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, 14. It says, For as, men, for as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil verse 15 and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage so it means the destruction of the devil who had the power of death is the liberating of those who were subject to death all over their lives let me repeat what i said the deliver the destruction of the devil who had the power of death is the freedom for those who were true fears subject to death throughout their lifetime. So this is very crucial. So for us to really understand this scripture, I'm going to be looking at an event that happened in the Bible, uh, both in the Old, and then we'll look at the interpretation in the New Testament. And I'm trusting God that God himself will give us light in the world. Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, the last chapter. The book of Deuteronomy, the last chapter. All right. That's chapter 33. Deuteronomy chapter 33. Oh, sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Chapter 34. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Verse 5 to 7. Verse 5 to 7. 
Alright, it says, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, over against Bethpoor. But no man knoweth of his sepulchre unto this day. And Moses was an hundred and twenty years old when he died. His face was not dim, nor his natural face abated. So, meaning... So his eyes was not dim, but his natural face abated. So scripture is saying here that Moses died and God actually buried Moses. And that his eyes was not going dim, despite how old he was, and meaning his face was not abated. So meaning Moses was not experiencing what they call things such as wrinkles and so many things like that. So meaning if we were going to see Moses, by the time God was going to bury him, he was very strong, he was looking healthy, his eyes were still as sharp as normal. But scripture said he died and God himself was in charge of his burial. Now let's read further in verse 8. And the children of Israel went for Moses in the plain of Moab 30 days. So the days of his weeping and Moses were ended. Can we now go to verse um, 10? Okay. Okay, let's just stay. Sorry, because of time, let's just stay in that verse. Let me just use verse 6 as an example. And he buried him in the valley of Moab over against Bethlehem. But no man knoweth of his sample counts to this day. So meaning when God buried Moses, no man knew where God buried him. So Moses suddenly just was on the mountain and Moses suddenly just vanished when God showed him the entire promised land. So the belief is that God buried him and his body could not be found anywhere. So it's for the Bible says no man knew where he was buried. It shows that he must have been sought for. Same way the Bible said God took Elijah in a chariot of fire. And the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and they said, Let us go and search for thy master. And Elisha told them, he said, Go ye not. But scripture said, They pressured him until he was ashamed and he bade them to go. So they went and they searched because they felt he must have been casted upon the mountain. And they came back after certain days and told Elijah that they could not, Elisha, they could not find Elijah. And Elijah said, Did I not tell you not to go and look for him? So in the real sense, it shows that the same kind of event that must have happened to Moses must have been the likewise manner that happened to Elijah. But now, let's look at what really happened to Moses that we could not find his body. And what really was the event that transpired? We are going to look at it in the New Testament. Can we go to the book of Jude? Let's go to the book of Jude. <clears throat> let's go to the book of Jude. Alright. Let's go to the book of Jude. Which is really, really crucial. The book of Jude. Alright. <clears throat> okay. And let's start from verse 8 to 9. Now, let me just say some notable things about Jude. Now, the book of Jude is written by... Um, Jude is written by the man called Jude, the half-brother of Jesus. Jesus has certain half-brothers. He had James, he had Jose, and he had Jude. Now, Jude is one of the half-brothers, which was also uh, a believer that God saved at lots of points, and also in charge, uh, that was also kept in charge of a church in the New Testament. And something about Jude was Jude wrote in time that there were um, false teachers that crept in into the church. Now, when Jude was writing, the book of Jude, according to history, was being rejected. Why? Because he captured from two aspects. He made use of the Apocrypha, which was what they called the lost book of Enoch, and he also made use of the book of what they call the Assumption of Moses. So in church history, because of quoting those two scriptures, he was not really accepted until later on, 
and taken among the canon of the Bible. So, let's look at what Jude said about the events that happened with Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. Alright, Jude A, verse 8 to 9. Jude, verse 8 to 9. He says, Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Now, the word dominion, or better as let me use the word dignities. Dignities means somebody you honor, or you kept in what they call a glory form. That has to do with somebody in authority. Sometimes it is believed that what they call dignities are what they call angelic beings, per se. So, in the real sense, the focus of Jude was that those set of people were speaking bad against authority. So, for Jude to actually explain that, he gave us what they call a metaphorical explanation, what we call a comparison to what he was saying. And the comparison was in verse 9. So he said in verse 9, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. So in the real sense, we are seeing more insights to what happened to Deuteronomy chapter 34, to why we could not find the body of Moses. Now, Scripture has given us insights here that there were two angelic beings that were actually contending for that body. And the Bible said they disputed. Now, the word disputed actually means that they were arguing. Are you getting what I'm saying? The word disputed actually means they were arguing about the body. So, something important to now note was that the Bible said Michael did not bring a railing accusation. Easy English said he did not say bad things to Satan. So meaning he did not accuse Satan concerning that body, but he did something. The Bible said, and Michael simply said, the Lord rebuke you. So in the real sense, the way Michael was going to confront Satan, because those two principalities, Michael and the person called Satan, were called chief princes angels. Mike, Satan is called the prince of the world. Michael is called the chief prince or the national angel of the entire kingdom of Israel, according to Hebrew history. So in the real sense, it was a contending between authorities of, or better to spiritual authorities. Satan coming against the authority, uh, Michael coming against the authority of Satan. And the only way Michael could overcome that authority was Michael used an higher authority by saying, The Lord rebook you, Satan. So, meaning in the real sense, for Michael to have conquered him, he needed to come to Satan with an higher authority. Now, this brings us to a mindset that. Anytime you are confronting any satanic challenge, you are confronting demonic challenges, you come to that challenge in a higher authority, which is an insight that Michael was actually giving us. Now let's go to Zechariah chapter 3 verse 2. The same thing was happening there. Can we go to the book of Zechariah chapter 3? Let's start from Zechariah chapter 3. Let's start from verse 1. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1. The book Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1. <clears throat> Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1 Alright, let's start from verse 1 Zechariah chapter 3 from verse 1 Zechariah chapter 3 from verse 1 Alright Sorry uh, Let me just check the network And make sure people are online Because it seems as if there was a breakage the network okay please can you all hear me okay can you all hear me can you all hear me all right sorry just to keep everybody in check and someone just type what you heard last before the network tripped off so i'll know where to take the message from again 
Can someone just notify me what you had last before your network tripped off? Please, can you quickly do that? Can someone notify me what you had last before the network tripped off? Can someone notify me what you had last before the network tripped off? Alright. Can someone notify me what you had last before the network tripped off? Okay, Zachariah 3 verse 1. So that means everybody captured what I said between about Michael and Satan. I believe everybody captured that. Alright, Zachariah chapter 3 verse 1. Zachariah 3 verse 1. So like I was saying, when Michael was going to challenge the authority of Satan, he simply told him that the Lord rebuke you concerning the body of Moses. So meaning to confront Satan, Michael had to come in through what they call an higher authority because it was a contending of the body between two authorities. Michael the chief prince and Satan the prince of the world. So for Michael to overcome him, he had to come in what they call the higher authority which is what they call the name of the Lord. Alright, so... Um, let's look at Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1 and it says and he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him now look at verse 2 and the Lord said unto Satan the Lord rebuke you O Satan even the Lord that chosen Jerusalem rebuke you now you can see again so when God was going to stop Satan again, it was coming by the name of the Lord that the Lord rebuked you when he was trying to confront concerning the body of Joshua. So we are seeing something that Satan submits to what they call the authority of God. If there's anything Satan honors, because when Jude was quoting, Jude compared it to honoring dignitaries or having glory for dignitaries. So in the real sense, Satan honors God. That's why let's go to the book of James 2 verse uh, 29. Let me show you something important. James 2 verse 29. James 2 verse 29. Alright. James 2 verse 29. James chapter 2. Okay, sorry. James 2 verse 19. James 2 verse 19. Sorry about that. James 2 19. James 2 19. He says, Thou believest that there is a God, thou doest to it. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils also believe and tremble. So you see anything is that demons or what you call negative spirits, they tremble at God. So in the Bible says, if there's anything Satan honors, is what they call the authority of God. So you are going through a challenge, you are going through a very challenging moment. One thing to really confront Satan is to come to Satan in the name of the Lord. Or to rebook Satan in the authority of God, which is very crucial. Now, let me just mention two things. Now, there were two words. The word rebook in the New Testament is not necessarily the same thing as the word rebook that God used in terms of Zechariah. Now, the one Michael used is translated as, number one, it means to tax something upon a person from a higher authority to a lower authority, or it means to actually forbid a particular person. It means to forbid someone. So when Michael was coming to Satan against the body of Moses, what Michael was saying was, Satan, God forbids you from doing it. So Satan respected that. Because Michael was not saying, I rebuke you from doing it. Michael came in the name of the Lord and he says, the Lord forbids you. So meaning, Satan honors the authority of God at any point in time. That's why Bible says, they believe in God and they tremble at his presence, which is very key. So when Michael was going to come against him, he simply said, God forbid you. So in the real world, the translation that was really used there, it simply means a forbidding that comes from a higher authority to a lesser authority. 
So you know that Michael was simply saying, I was simply saying, the Lord who is of higher authority rebukes you, Satan of a lesser authority. Now, the one that was being used in the case of Joshua in the book of Zechariah chapter 3, it simply means to disapprove or to prevent somebody from gaining access. So in the real sense, what God was saying to Satan in the book of Zechariah 3 was that God disapproves you despite your accusation. Now, the second aspect was God prevents you from having access against this man. Now, let's look at a very good example of that. Job chapter 1. Can we go to Job chapter 1? Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. one. <clears throat> Alright. Let's look at what Satan has to say. Verse 10. He says... Job 1 verse 10. Now, he says something here. Has not thou made an edge about him? Now, this is Satan. Verse 9. Let's start from verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Has not thou made an edge about him? And about his house? And about all that he acts on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hands, and the substance is increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now, and torture thy heart, and he will cause it to thy face. So, meaning in the real sense, God, Satan saw that there was like an edge or a barricade that was hindering him from having access to Job. So in the real sense, God can bless a man to a point that Satan cannot stop it. Let me repeat what I said. God can bless a man to a point that Satan cannot stop it except giving permission. So in this case, Satan saw that there was an edge about Job and there was nothing he was trying. He could not gain access. No matter how we tried, he was not seeing any platform for him to actually gain access. So, until God permitted him, Satan could not gain access to Job. Now, it was not just Job. The Bible said, God, Job, Satan said, God protected everything Job had. God blessed the works of his hand. God protected his household. So, meaning, for your sake, God can bless you, protect your family, protect your finances, and Satan cannot have access to it. That's why the Bible said the God blesses with his riches and added no form of sorrow. So it's unless Satan is giving permission to some things that I might find challenges having access. I remember the story of one of the few gospel businessmen. That's the person of Noval Aves. And God, God connected him to Kenetegi in the meeting. And when Kenetegi saw him, Kenetegi, the guy is a very rich man, a very a full gospel businessman, very rich. He had businesses that were running, dollars were coming in, he had lands. But Kenetegi spoke to him. Kenetegi said, Noval A's, listen to me. This is the word of the Lord to you. He said, Satan is now coming and is about to touch your finances. And he's going to touch it for a period of certain, certain, certain amount of years. And the Lord said, hold steadfast. He said, if you are going to hold true, I'm going to expand you beyond measure. So at that particular period, Satan was having access. But Noval A's kept on declaring, I am, in, I am having increase. This is not the word of this is this and this. The word of the Lord is to me that I cannot be stopped. Bam, 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 bam. With this certain number of years, it broke through beyond normal again in finances. But when that issue was going to arise, the word of the Lord came to him to notify him when Satan was going to come in. Now let's look at that in the scriptures. Luke chapter 22, verse 53. Let's look at Luke 22, verse 53. Luke 22, verse 53. Luke 22, verse 53. Now, this is Jesus himself, the Son of God, that was actually speaking. Luke 22, verse 53. Now, he says, Verily, I was daily with you in the temple. Ye stretched forth no hands against me. 
but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Now, you find out that no matter how Jesus stood in the temple, they could not get him. There was a time that they actually carried him from the temple. They wanted to throw him off the cliff. Scripture recorded that he just passed in between the crowd and they could not catch him. But now, when it was time for future to be fulfilled, Jesus laid the passage on something. He said, I was in the temple. Obviously, you could not catch me. But he said, the reason why this can happen now is because of two things. He said, it is now your time. Number two, it is the time of what they call the hour of darkness. So meaning now, Satan was having a chance to do what he wanted to do. But prior to that time, there was no form of access that was given. So in the real sense, we can be so much protected by God that Satan does not necessarily have access into our lives. Except there is a legal ground to do that. We can be so much kept by God that Satan does not have access in any way into our life. And the good example was that of Job and that of Jesus. So it is very crucial. The same thing was going to happen in Peter's time. Jesus had to tell him in advance. So anytime Satan really wants to have access into a man's life, God notifies in a way. God gives insight ahead in a way. In the case of Peter, Jesus had to tell him that, eh, Mr. he had to tell him that, see, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. He had to tell him, but he said, I have prayed for you. Which is really, really important. Now, I want us to also look at um, something. Okay. Can we go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16? Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Colossians 1, verse 16. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Okay. And it says here, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or what? Dominions. Now, Jude was speaking about dominions and dignities. He said, all principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17. Now, he says something in verse 17. He says, and is before all things, and by him all things consist. Verse 18. And is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn for the dead, and in him all things might have preeminence, which is what's significant. So in the real sense, we saw that everything God created, including powers, whatever I call it, spirits, Satan and the lies, the Bible said all things were created by God and for God. That's why I saw that when Satan was going to have, try to have access to Jesus, it was a means for God to still advance Jesus into destiny. So in the real sense, Satan still fell into the purposes of God. Every time you see Satan trying to do something in the Bible, there was a wisdom of God that was always outsmarting him. So in the real sense, if you study scriptures, God is always one step ahead of Satan. God is always one step ahead of Satan. So that's why the Bible said, if the princes of this world are new. So in the real sense, Satan is always having it, he's always having a hard time trying to figure out every way God is always trying to be ahead. So it's like if you the accomplishes, but again, God is always a step ahead. So in the case of Moses, when we were seeing the story, we saying that God buried him and all that and all that. We were seeing that there was a contending, and the thing was that the Bible says Satan was he who had power over death. But we saw that that power could not be now. Scripture record that they were contending for the body and not the spirit of Moses. That's why I see that in the book of Luke, the same Moses could appear with an Elijah that did not die. 
So it is very, very crucial. So it is says God can stop the works of Satan over our lives. But the thing is, we must come to him in what they call the authority of God, which is something I really want to talk about. Now, let's still look at um, the scripture for that. So, we will see something, that the Bible says something, is that he was talking about the book of Colossians, of Acts, talking about the person of Jesus. And he said, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, the beginning of God's creation, and everything were created by him and for him. And Jesus carries this power, or what they call the seed of God. So, in the real sense, Satan does not just fear God. He fears anybody that carries the seed of God. Let me repeat what I said. Satan does not just fear God. Satan fears anybody that carries the seed of God. Look for 41. Okay, it says, And devils also came out of many, crying and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffer them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. So, as I said, I said that demons saw Christ and they began to tremble. And what they respected now, the Bible said he was also rebooking them. The same rebooking was the same word Michael used for the devil. So meaning Jesus was forbidding them to speak. And what they respected was the anointed one, that word called Christ, the anointed one. Now the people that were anointed in the Old Testament were kings and priests. So meaning what they were seeing in Jesus, what they were respecting was the authority that Jesus was actually carrying. That's why when Paul were coming against, that, when that demon said, Jesus I knew, Paul I knew. It means Paul came to those demons in the authority of God. James 2 verse 19. James 2 verse 19. Now, it says here that thou believest that there is one God, thou doest to him. The devils also believe and tremble. Now, I said something. The word tremble is translated struck with extreme fear or too horrified. Let me repeat it. It's translated, right? The word struck with extreme fear or horrified. So it simply means every time demons or the devil sees God's authority or sees somebody carrying the authority of God, they are struck with extreme fear or they are horrified immediately. The word there means to, to, be, to, be, to, be, to be afraid intensely, to be struck with extreme fear. So even Satan, the one who works with fear, becomes afraid himself. Why? When the authority of God gets involved. So that's why when they saw Jesus, they began to cry. That's why it's in the Bible. When legions, armies, the word legion means armies of angels, falling beings, legions in a madman saw Jesus with one Holy Ghost. The Bible said they began to beg. So many demons can beg a man that can't do this. And I was sharing the story, I said, of an example of somebody that went for evangelism. And he casted, I shared it last week, he went for evangelism, he casted a demon out of a person. So he traveled to his state. So when he traveled to his state, he saw a particular madman. And the madman saw him again and said, ah, ah, what are you doing here? And the madman ran again. So meaning, the demon that he casted out in another state saw him in, the, in his own state, and the demon again began to run. Began to run. So in the real sense, demons are always afraid when they see somebody that carries the authority of God. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Ephesians 2, verse 6. Now it says there, And has quickened us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what Jesus did was that by his resurrection, he made us sit in the same authority with him. 
So in the real sense, when demon sees you, or demon sees Olua Damnola, demon sees Bori, demon sees Rebecca, or demon sees Falashade, or demon sees Foluke, they are struck with extreme fear immediately. They are horrified at the presence of those people. And I will share the example that take for example, um, I will share that Babalola was somewhere one day and he was he saw his, an evil spirit actually passing. And he told the evil spirit, stop. And he went on and started urinating. And when he finished urinating, he now told his evil spirit, you can go. And the evil spirit left. So meaning in the real sense, he paused a demonic activity just because he wanted to urinate. That was a man that understood the kind of authority that he was carrying. That is a man that understood, I am coming to situations with the authority of God. So if you can come to a place where you understand that you are carrying the authority of God, you can really stand against every works of darkness. It's really, really crucial. Alright. So, it's really crucial. Alright. So, like I said, to, um, okay, like I said, when demons see somebody that understands the authority of God, they are horrified immediately. Which is crucial. So, imagine if everybody was like Babylon and they understood the authority and you can just Say you, you are walking one day and you just see a demonic spirit and you pause them and you want to urinate. It's always as powerful as that. If you understand that your authority that you are carrying, not that if you don't understand your authority. So to really understand this, we are now have to understand what we call the name of the Lord. Let's go to okay, so let's look at the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter one verse thirty one. Luke chapter one verse thirty one. Luke one verse thirty one. Luke one verse thirty one. Now it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. Now the word Jesus there simply means Jehovah, the self-existing one that saves, or Jehovah salvation. I believe you get it. Now let's look at Gabriel gave insight to that name. Verse 32 he said, He shall be great, and he shall be called the son of the highest. The word highest there is translated or in as highest in ranking, or highest in rank. So the first introduction Gabriel was giving to us about Jesus was that he is somebody coming as in authority. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Now, is somebody coming in authority that is revealing Jesus as? Number two, he said, he said, number two is that he said, I will give unto him the throne of his father David. He said he will give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, when you look at a throne, a throne simply means authority. Now, when you go to the book of 2 Samuel, don't need to open call of time, 2 Samuel 7 verse 13, the word throne of David here, it talks about a kingdom without end. So when Gabriel was going to talk further on the throne of David, and he said, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom shall be no end. So in the real sense, we are seeing that the kind of authority Jesus carries is not that of a politician, meaning he cannot be impeached or he cannot be removed. If you get what I'm saying, he cannot be impeached or he cannot be removed. Now, when Daniel was going to talk about him, he compared Jesus to a stone. He said the stone that was cut out of a rock and crushed all other forms of kingdoms. Now, the kingdoms we're talking about was the kingdom of Babylon, the kingdom of Persia, and the kingdom of Greeks. Now, when you go to Daniel, Daniel was talking about these kingdoms in the book of Daniel chapter 10. And he said each of those kingdoms had spirit beings that were ruling in charge of them. So, meaning, 
every authority that was there, Jesus' authority has the capacity to subdue them, not just them, the, the spirit's influence beside each and every one of them. So the kind of authority Jesus carries is the kind of authority that can shut down spirit beings of environments, that can shut down spirit beings in nations. It's very powerful as that. And Christian as that. Okay. Sorry. Can we now go to Matthew 1, verse 21? Let's compare that with Matthew 1, verse 21. Matthew 1, verse 21. He says, And he shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, this, I really want to talk about this now. It's talking about salvation. Now, the word salvation there simply means prosperity, welfare, healing, and so many things as you have. Now, to really understand this, when Satan came, Satan is described as him that has the power over sin and death. That's why when the first man Adam sinned, he automatically came under the authority of Satan. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, Jesus, so what Satan did was Satan spread sin. Sin was like a virus on the earth. A virus that spread. So, if you really want to understand it, Jesus was a reverse order of what Satan came to do. So, if we have to classify Satan as a virus, Jesus was like an antivirus that came into the earth system. But it not just come as an antivirus. We not capture what he did. You have to understand the name of Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, God had different kind of names. He had Jehovah. But that Jehovah, there was always something attached. When you are in trouble, it's called Jehovah Shalom, which is Jehovah our peace. It's called Jehovah Jireh. That is the one in which we see, or what we call Jehovah Rohi, the ones that by which eyes we actually see things. When it's called, there, it's called Jehovah Shaddai, which actually means the God that provides. It's called Jehovah Rapha Rapha. That means the God that heals. I get what I'm saying. And so many things like that. So, now, this is what I'm trying to say. Jesus is translated as Jehovah is salvation. So meaning is Jehovah is prosperity, Jehovah is welfare, Jehovah is healing. That's simply what they call the translation of Jesus. So in the real sense, every time you mention the name of Jesus, there's an expression of God that is always revealed. Let me give an example. You are in a place whereby you are going through financial challenge. When you pray in the name of Jesus, Jehovah El Shaddai shows up. So meaning he reveals himself as the one that can bless. That's why you see that in the Bible, Jesus gave regularly to the poor. When there was no money, he told Peter, go to the bottom of the lake, you see fish is there. He reveals himself as Jehovah Shaddai. Now when he's sick were plenty, he reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha Rapha, translated as Jehovah the healer or Jehovah the doctor. When he's as if there's trouble in the earth, he reveals himself as Jehovah Shalom. So I'm going through a particular challenge now. Maybe I'm going to a particular challenge. My heart is bothered. I am troubled. I am overwhelmed. The moment I say, Lord Jesus, I need you to intervene in this situation. That's why Paul says when you pray, the peace of God clouds your heart. Jehovah Shalom will reveal himself. Satan is coming to you with terrible sickness. The moment you pray in the name of Jesus, Jehovah the healer reveals himself. So in the real sense, the name of Jesus reveals the expressions of God against the works of Satan. So if you now go further, okay, if you go further, okay, let's go to Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 because of our time, Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Then I will compare it to Matthew 28 verse 18. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Okay. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Now it says here that 
Wherefore God also has, can you see that word? Highly exalted him. So it's like a fulfillment of the name of Jesus. The first is, he shall be called the son of the highest. So the Bible said, God highly, it's very crucial, God highly exalted him. That was the first thing God did. Now, when God highly exalted him, what now happened? And gave him a name. His name did not change from being Jesus. His name was still Jesus, but gave him a title, an authority, which is above every other name. Now, it says that verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. Saying, All power is given to me in heaven and the earth. Now, Jesus said, All. All power. The word all power there is translated as authority in terms of influence and prestige. And authorities over government rules. So, in the real sense, any kind of power or authority you can imagine, either by Satan, Either by natural man, everything, God conferred everything on the person of the name of Jesus Christ. So, in the real sense, you will see the Bible saying in Proverbs 12, verse 1, that even the act of the king. So, in the real sense, the power to make rulers in terms of government function in a particular way, everything was given to Jesus. That's why you see Paul praying in 1 Timothy 2. He was saying, let prayers be made for people that are in authority. Because God can make all of them function in a particular way. Now, I want to show you something. Now, let's look at Mark 16, verse 17. Mark 16, verse 17. Mark 16, verse 17. Now, it says something. And this sign shall follow them that believe. Look at the first thing he mentioned. In my name shall they cast out devils. I love message. Message said they will kick out devils. So, meaning... The name of Jesus regards the devil as nothing. Let me repeat what I said. The name of Jesus or the authority of Jesus regards the devil as nothing. Now let's look at Luke. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. Luke chapter 10 verse 17. Now it says here that, And the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through what? Thy name. So it means that they came in the name. They didn't say they mentioned Jesus' name. They came in the name of Jesus as a channel. Through is used for channels. So it's like they came in the authority of Jesus against devils. Plural. Not one devil. Devils. Plural. Now the word subject there means to bring someone under your control. To bring them under obedience by giving them advice. Are you getting my point? Or to bring them, to arrange them under. So in the sense, you can control satanic beings in the name of Jesus Christ. You can make them function in a particular way in the name of Jesus Christ. So in the sense, if you can capture the authority God has kept, you will see that Satan is really nothing in the eyes of God. Satan is really nothing in the eyes of God. Now, so that's why you see Jesus. The Bible said Jesus told them, when order to mention that you are the Christ, Jesus told them, keep quiet. So in the you sense, he told them, shut up. That's how powerful the authority of Jesus is. So let's look at Isaiah 42, verse 8, and I'll pause there. Isaiah 42, verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8. I will pause there for today. Okay. I am the Lord that 
Look at, let's look at that word. I am the Lord. That is my name. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give another. So when Jude was talking about Michael and the devil and all that, he said, Michael City said the Lord. So when we are mentioning the Lord, we are talking about his name. And we are, not talk- we are now also talking about the glory of God. So every time you see any form of satanic expression in your normal workplace, in your daily activity, the moment you forbid it in the name of the Lord, remember, Scripture says instantly, they tremble with extreme fear. Instantly, Satan is very much horrified. So when Satan sees a child of God that carries the authority of God, instantly he is struck with extreme fear. Instantly he is horrified. When Satan sees Oluwada Milola passing by, instantly he is struck with extreme fear. Instantly he is horrified. So if we can really understand it, we will not make Satan feel important in any way that the guy is actually feeling at the moment. So I trust you have been blessed tonight. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word that has come forth. Thank you for everyone that has listened. Father, I pray that your word, they are kept by your word. Lights shine. They are blessed in all things. They are preserved. I pray for those that are going through different challenges at the moment. Father, those that need healing, first of all, let healing flow into their bodies in Jesus' name. I rebook sickness. I rebook diseases. I rebook demonic oppression. I cut the source. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command Satan to depart away from these bodies in the name of Jesus. Those that are going through financial challenge, I rebook poverty, I rebook satanic expression of it, and I command prosperity into them in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those that are going through trouble that I rebook depression, I rebook confusion, and I release direction from God in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you are blessed. For questions or inquiries, send an email to belovedcityunited at gmail.com. You can download our messages on our Beloved City Telegram page and be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms for more updates. We hope to see you next time. Stay blessed.